Beat it, you hippie! Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Let me just close this conversation by saying you are one unique individual. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Storytime. Today's stories are about insecurities. I'm going to be talking about being insecure, about not being comfortable in your own skin. Now, I'm not sure that this qualifies as a very special episode of Storytime, but it's kind of a serious topic, and you know that I like to talk about serious topics sometimes, and the reason that I do that is I've discovered that sometimes hearing that other people suffer from the same things that you suffer from makes it easier for you to deal with those things. And insecurities are one of the most common things that people suffer from that I know of. Everybody's got some insecurities. Everybody's insecure about something. If you think that you're unique because you're insecure about how you look, how you talk, how you act, how you do your job. If you're insecure about those things, you are not alone. Here's the secret. Everybody feels that way. So I thought if we talked a little bit about insecurities today, it might help you get through some of your rough times. Now, I know it may sound strange coming from a guy who streams four days a week and does a podcast and is out there all of the time that he would say that he's insecure. But I readily admit that I have a lot of insecurities. I've learned over the years how to overcome them and how to project as a more secure, well-adjusted person than I truly am. But when it comes right down to it, there are lots of times where I'm a basket case. I tend to keep to myself. I tend not to talk to people. I tend not to socialize because I'm very insecure in my ability to do so. Now, I know the root of those problems, and that's one of the things that I'm going to tell you about. Sitting down and doing some self-analysis understanding where your insecurities come from, that's one of the ways to combat them. That's one of the ways to beat them. That's one of the ways to feel less insecure by understanding where those insecurities came from. Now, for those who've listened to the episodes that I did last season about bullying and being the overweight kid in grade school who got good grades and nobody liked because I was everybody's worst nightmare, oh, we don't want to hang out with a fat kid. Oh, we don't want to hang out with the teacher's pet. Yeah, that's where a lot of my insecurities come from. And I know that. And that's one of the things that I've discovered, is your insecurities come from past criticisms, past experiences, past bad days, past bad years. <laughs> and I've had some past bad years in my life that explain a lot about my insecurities. Now, I remember... It was the kids in school who really got to me. It was the criticism that I heard in the classroom and in gym class and in the locker rooms. And you hear that stuff every day, no matter what, and it, it sticks with you. It sticks in your head. If somebody's bullying you, if somebody is saying horrible things about you, or if nobody invites you to the parties, if nobody picks you for their sports teams, if you're always last on the playground to be picked for kickball, or basketball, or whatever game they're playing. That stuff sticks with you. If you go to the school parties that are mandatory for everybody to attend, and you're off in a corner by yourself and nobody talks to you, 
That's where the insecurities can come from. You don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel worthy. And that helps you develop a negative self-image. And this is the stuff that I went through because all the things that I just mentioned, that's what happened to me. That's what I was experiencing every single day in grade school. And as a result, I did develop a very negative self-image. And that's a difficult thing to overcome. Because what you wind up doing is wallowing in the image that you have of yourself. That's not really how you feel about yourself, but it's how other people feel about you. And you absorb that. You live that. You begin to accept that as fact when it's really not a fact. So you have this low self-esteem, this low self-image that's really not you but it's been projected on you and you've accepted because that's what everybody shows you. And God, that sucks. (laughs) It really does because you feel bad about yourself every single day. And I laugh. I laugh it off a little now. I laugh because I look back on the stuff that I put up with and I look back at the stuff that I had to deal with every day and I say, "What, what the heck was I thinking? Why did I put up with that stuff? Well, when you're younger grade school, high school, you don't know. You believe that the world revolves around you. You're the center of your own universe and you don't think about what's to come in the future. You don't listen to what your parents say. You don't think about what might happen somewhere down the road. Everything that's happening right now to you is all that matters. At my age now, I can look back at that and say, but at the time, it's very real to you. And that stuff stays with you past high school, into your 20s, into your 30s. And it stays. Now, how you deal with it as you get older makes you a stronger person, makes you a more outgoing person, makes you able to go stream on Twitch if that's what you want to do, makes you go become a public speaker if that's what you want to do, makes you become an actor, makes you become a lawyer, makes you become a counselor, makes you become a whatever you want to do to put yourself out there to change the self-image that you had as a kid. But it all starts with that stuff that happened when you were a kid. Now, why does this stuff matter when you're forming your self-image? And I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by saying, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I've never had therapy. (laughs) Some people say I probably should, but I haven't. But I've worked through a lot of this stuff on my own. I've done some reading and I talk to people. I talk to friends. I talk to the few people who I trust. But that's what it comes down to. It's trusting people and it's needing their approval. When you're a kid, especially... Your peer group, you need the approval of that peer group, whatever it is, whether it's the band folks or the sports folks or the cheerleading folks or whoever it is that you need their approval from. If you don't get it, that's part of the problem. If you're not getting the approval from the neighborhood kids or the kids on the bus or whoever you're hanging out with, that's where that low self-esteem, that poor self-image can come from. Because you sit there and you think, oh, they don't like me. There must be something wrong with me. What's my problem? Why don't they like me? What can I do to change? I must really be a horrible person. These are the little voices that you deal with when you're going through this. And some people never shake those voices. Or they only shake those voices after years of counseling or with lots of medication. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go that route. What I'm saying is if you recognize that that's the problem, that you have these little voices telling you that you suck, don't listen to them. Whether you can do that yourself or need somebody to help you not listen to them, that's what you have to do. You have to turn your thinking around. 
You have to realize in your head that you don't need the approval of anybody to be a good person, to be a kind person, to be a good human being. Now, it's not always easy to do that. It's not always easy to get to that point, whether you're doing it on your own or with a counselor or whoever, because that stuff that you grew up with, it still resonates in your head. And it does for me. I remember those times. I remember a party in high school where I was talking to a guy and we were just chatting about school. Well, I should put it this way. I was chatting and he was looking for any way to get away from me. At the time, I was not savvy enough to pick up on the social cues that he was looking for. He was <laughs> he was looking like a bear trying to chew his own leg off to get out of the bear trap is how he was looking. But I didn't recognize it at the time. But I remember that moment very vividly. And that's something that's stuck with me. And I've carried that forward to this day, which is one of the reasons that I'm not a big party goer, because I always figure that that guy who is trying to chew his leg off is at every party that I go to. And that's why I don't like to chat people up, because I'm afraid they're going to try to chew their leg off and get the hell away from me. Why? Because that early encounter with someone who obviously didn't want to be with me has stuck with me. Now, what I've had to do is I've had to learn to accept myself. I've had to learn to accept me as I am and not worry about what other people think of me. Now, there's not a single day that I can point to where I finally said, well, let's accept me now. It's not something that you just automatically know. Oh, that's the problem. Let's throw the switch. We're done. I'm better now. It's an ongoing process of learning to accept yourself. It requires self-assessment. It requires an understanding of who you are. It requires an understanding of what makes you tick. Whether it's physical things, whether it's emotional things, whether it's a combination of all those things. If you heard my episode on being the fat kid, I came to a realization that one of the things that I didn't want to accept about myself was being the fat kid. And so I did everything that I could do to change that part of me because I was not happy with it. I wasn't so much worried at that point when I got to that realization that I was the fat kid. I wasn't so much worried about what other people were thinking of me being the fat kid. I was worried about what I thought about being the fat kid. And when I realized that I wasn't happy with me the way I was, that's when I made the change. That's when I decided, let's fix this. On the other hand, there were parts of me that I was very, very happy with. I was happy to be a smart kid who got good grades in school. There were a lot of kids who mocked me. There were a lot of kids who didn't like the fact that I was a smart kid. And I don't mean to sound like I'm bragging. It's just that I had good grades, except when I chose not to. But that was a choice on my part. I chose not to have good grades for a while because I was rebelling against everything. But when I chose to apply myself, I did all right. And I liked that part about me. And I realized that it was okay to like that part about me. And there's nothing wrong with it. If your talent is art and people mock you for your art, oh, what kind of painting is that? Screw them. Are you happy with your art? Are you happy with your fandoms? Are you happy with the games that you play? If you are, then accept that about yourself. Don't worry what the other people think. It doesn't matter if you're comfortable in your own skin. And that's where I had to get. I had to get to the spot where I was comfortable in my own skin. One of the things that I hated in high school was dancing. 
We had a unit in our phys ed classes, believe it or not, on social dancing, and that's where we did square dancing and various other basic steps like the foxtrot and that sort of thing. And I hated it because I was the fat kid and nobody wanted to dance with me. I sweat a lot. I was clumsy. At least I thought I was clumsy. And so I didn't want to do any of this dance stuff because it was embarrassing to me. It made me feel crappy. But somewhere in my mid-twenties, I started dating a girl who loved to dance. And I really liked her. And she wanted to go out to the clubs. There was a couple of clubs that she liked to go to. And I knew that if I was going to spend any time with her, I was going to have to overcome this dance thing or she was not going to spend time with me. But boy, did I hate the thought of going on the dance floor because of everything that I'd gone through in high school. So I had to come to grips with this. And at some point, I realized that if I go out there and I'm having a good time with the girl that I'm with, and she's enjoying herself, and I'm enjoying myself, who cares if anybody's looking at me? Who cares if anybody's laughing at me? Who cares if I'm enjoying myself and she's enjoying her time with me. It didn't hurt that I have some musical aptitude. I can find the beat on a song, and I can move in time with the music. I've always been able to do that. And so somewhere along the line, I just said, screw it. And I went out on the dance floor with her. And God knows I didn't know how to dance, but I could take a step to the left and a step to the right and bop a little with the music, and she was happy with that. And I realized as I was out there that I was one of the few guys out there dancing. Because a lot of guys have the same problem. They don't want to dance. Oh, it's not cool. I look silly, blah, blah. And I realized it's okay if the girl likes it. And you know, I'm having fun. And I like this. Whether I feel like I have two left feet or not, whether I feel like the fat kid or not, whether I feel like an elephant bouncing around on a trampoline, I'm having a good time. And I accepted that it was okay to do that. Now, there are still times where I have to remind myself that it's okay to do the stuff that you like. It's okay to look like a goofball. It's okay to be silly. It's okay to be yourself. I have to approve of myself. I have to reinforce in my head that it's okay for me to be the way I am. It's a form of self-approval. And learning how to do that, learning how to accept That it's okay to be you is one of the hardest things to do, but one of the most important things to do in order to learn to overcome your insecurities. Because your insecurities are internal with you. They're more emotional in you. It's more of a feeling in you that I feel this way. It's not a fact that you're not as good as X, not as good as Y, not good at Z, whatever it is. It's the way you feel. So you have to assess yourself and determine what you like, and accept that it's okay to do that. I just mentioned comparing yourself to others. That's something you have to get over too. Because I learned I was never going to be the jock in school. I was never going to audition for Chippendales or Magic Mike or any of that stuff. I was never going to be the ripped athlete. I was never going to be a fashion model. I was not going to play in the NBA. But boy, I was pretty good at what I was able to do. And when I learned to accept that about me and stop comparing myself and what my abilities were to what other people's abilities were, it helped me overcome my insecurities. I've gotten pretty good at doing what I do, but I would never go pitch a baseball game or even think that I could do it. I can hit a few free throws at the playground near my house, but I'm never going to take LeBron on in any kind of a competition 
that has to do with basketball because I know my limitations and I know my abilities. So getting to know yourself is one of the most important things you can do in overcoming your insecurities. One of the other things that you need to learn to do, and it's going to sound similar, but it's not exactly the same thing. One of the things you need to learn to do is to trust yourself. There was a long period of time where I would second-guess my choices. I would overthink everything. I still do in a lot of ways. But I learned to trust my instincts, my abilities, my opinions about what I could and couldn't do, and my opinions about myself. I learned that I know myself pretty well. And if I make a decision, it's not necessarily a bad decision. Yeah, I'll seek advice from people. And yeah, I'll listen to people's opinions. But when it comes right down to it, the decisions I make for myself, the view I have of myself, the choices that I make in my life are all based on me. So if I learn to trust my judgment and my opinion, that carries over to how I view myself. If I trust my own opinion about myself, hey, I'm not so bad, then I'm working my way towards overcoming those insecurities. There's no one way to do this. There's no one right answer to this. But overcoming your insecurities really involves changing the way you think about yourself. And my life has been an ongoing episode of how to rethink myself. I've had to change what I believe about myself, change about how I feel about myself, change what I think about my own opinions of myself. I've had to stop thinking about, I'm not good enough for this, I'm not good enough to do that, and know that I am good enough to do the things that are important to me. And I also know my limitations. I recognize what they are. I'm not six foot nine. I don't have a 90 mile an hour fastball. I'm never going to climb Mount Everest. I don't like flying all of the time. I fly because I have to get places, but I'm never going to be a pilot. I'm not a social person but I know that I can carry on a conversation if pressed. I've changed the way that I used to think about myself, about being not worthy of talking to people, not being interesting enough to hold a conversation with anybody. And I've learned to accept that not everyone is going to like me. I don't have to be accepted by everyone or approved by everyone. If I'm comfortable in my own skin and I'm confident in my ability to be me, then there are certain people who are going to like that and certain people who are not. And I don't have to have them all as my best friend. As long as I'm comfortable with it, that helps me be a more secure person. And when you're a more secure person, you're a little more content in your life. You're a little less stressed out about things. You worry a little less about, oh, this, oh, that, oh, the other thing. There's a certain peace that comes with being comfortable in your own skin. And it's a really nice feeling. I hope you found this helpful. It's helpful to me to talk about this sometimes because it reminds me of where I've been and where I am now. But I also hope it's helpful to you to know that you're not alone in feeling insecure about whatever you feel insecure about. You are good enough. You are a good person. Just find your comfort level with yourself and your abilities and the way you think. Find the comfortable place in your own skin And hold on to that. That's how you overcome insecurities. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it, whether it's professional help from a counselor or a friend who you like to hang out with. 
or one of your running mates on the basketball court, or someone else who's important to you. It's okay to ask for help to talk things out. Because sometimes we need to talk things out. Sometimes we just need a sounding board to remind ourselves, yeah, I'm not crazy. Yeah, I am a good person. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Trusting yourself, feeling good about yourself, those are both important steps in overcoming the insecurities that we all have. And that's, I think, the thing that I wanted to emphasize the most. We all have them. You are not alone. I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of Storytime. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I talk about here, even when I go a little more serious like we did this week. But it's an important thing to talk about because I see it all of the time, whether it's on social media or whether it's on TV or in a magazine. People have issues, and it's okay to have issues. It's also okay to work them out. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime. As always, I really do appreciate your support and the time that you take spending the time here with me. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.